Hallelujah. Yes, next weekend's going to be wonderful. I have just been in Dallas with Tom, and I was there for the ACPE, which is the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders, uh, which is just a group of about 30 people, mostly Americans, Canadians, a couple of Canadians, Stacy and uh, Faitine, and an Australian, myself. Hallelujah. And uh, so that was a wonderful, wonderful uh, time to be with people like James Goll and Bill Hammond and Cindy Jacobs and other just a, a, a amazing, amazing prophetic elders. And then, um, then we had a global prophetic summit with uh, prophetic leaders from around the different nations. I think there was about 60 nations represented. And it was quite a significant time as people came together in unity and we, um, we prayed. I remember one moment where we were um, praying for Africa and, and different leaders that had come from Africa. And um, Bishop Joseph Garlington just began to pray for our brother from Zimbabwe, one of the apostles there. And um, there just a spirit of intercession came on the people and they began to weep. And it went on for about 45 minutes just of weeping in intercession and praying uh, for Zimbabwe. And we woke up the next morning and Tom... And turned on his phone, he got a notification. He said, I have a look at this. After 40 years, Mugabe's been put under house arrest. And there was a regime change. And we were just, we <laughs> There's power when apostles and prophets come together in agreement, when the people of God start to make decrees. And, um, and your prayers, your prayers work. They really work. So uh, that was wonderful. And then a public summit. And on the Thursday, uh, it's a tremendous privilege. Daystar don't even record uh, a Marcus and Joni show on Thursdays, but they called everyone in just to do it on Thursday because that's when I, I could do it and, um, and recorded a, a show that we've had the opportunity. I had the opportunity to preach for about 15 minutes and we had an interview as well and um, just the feedback that we've been getting from people has been so, so wonderful. Uh, testimonies and, and people that have just um, been touched. So I'm so grateful for your prayers and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to preach the gospel. But I think one of the highlights of this week, as I've been down, uh, we had the joy of going and being part of the Jesus School. Hallelujah. That was fun. <laughs> and um, up in Mount Tambourine with uh, David, David Ridley, Pastor David, and uh, Mark Greenwood, and JT, and Caleb, and a whole lot of wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people who we love. And then on the, I can't remember, I think it was Wednesday night, I uh, went down to Surfers and uh, Surf City were hosting a meeting before all the teams with Mitch Ramsey went out on the streets uh, for schoolies for Jesus and it was amazing it's just amazing what the Lord's been doing I just want to celebrate can we just take a minute to celebrate uh, thank you father for all the souls that were saved God so amazing so wonderful and I just am so blessed by all these people that would spend I mean, it's their late, late nights. They're up till dawn, ministering, loving on people, sharing the love of Jesus. And then the next day, baptizing these new believers. And, oh, just, it just makes the heart of the Father so happy. Uh, and um, so just celebrating that. I was excited to hear um, Dave was telling me 
that I think at the beginning of the Jesus School, they'd really felt to pray for schoolies and particularly pray uh, for favor with the media. And, and David also felt a really strong um, urgency to pray against uh, what he felt was a big drug shipment uh, destined for schoolies. And then a few days later, we got the first media report, uh, and it was so favorable. It was so amazing, a secular media report just reporting about um, these wonderful young people, winning people for Jesus on the streets. It was amazing, so much favor. And in the same article, they also um, said, meanwhile, 25,000 ecstasy tablets that were destined for schoolies were, were discovered in Brisbane and stopped before they got there. All in the same article. I was like, Jesus! <laughs> so you, you might be praying and, and wondering what's happening, but I tell you, God begins to activate angels as you begin to speak. He's mobilizing his heavenly armies and stuff happens. Go, Jesus! It's so, so wonderful. So everyone that was involved with the Jesus School or Schoolies for Jesus, I just honor you. I pray refreshing and blessing and encouragement for you all. And, uh, and I'm just, my heart just gets so filled with joy to see what the Lord's doing. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Hallelujah. And then last night, wow, I mean, it's amazing what God's doing. We had this Carol's extravaganza out at uh, Tivoli, out at Glory City West. And for those of you who don't know, we, we have um, a great big beautiful drive-in cinema that the Lord has given us. And uh, probably 2,500 people came out last night. Amazing. And uh, you know, all the community came and uh, we had choirs and bands and lots of carols and then I had the opportunity to preach the gospel and just so, and the mayor was there the deputy mayor was there and just to see the impact uh, that we're having on the community there it was pastor Fred had this vision long ago and they built the beautiful stage with skilling uh, Queensland and lots of young people having the opportunity to develop work skills and just the impact uh, that's being felt in the community is so, so significant. So I just, I know Pastor Fred's probably getting a well-deserved sleep, but I just really want to honor him and all the team and Abby and Rod and all that they did uh, to make that happen. It was just amazing favor. And to see the opportunity to share the love of Jesus with so many people. They had a free screening of a, uh, advanced screening of a, um, movie and so it was just a wonderful wonderful time then we had lots of new visitors at glory city west this morning so father we say thank you lord thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do god what a privilege it is to be involved in your kingdom lord we're so thankful we're so thankful for your kindness we're so thankful for your mercy and for your goodness in jesus name everybody said Amen. And then while I was in uh, the U.S., also as part of that, um, the smaller group, the ACPE, on the Monday, I met a man uh, called Jason Ma, who is also part of that uh, Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders. And, and he's a relative young man, um, and uh, probably uh, in his 30s, but done some extraordinary things. He's a marketplace apostle. 
in, in the true sense of the word, in that he's, he's been a minister, um, done some amazing things with campuses and, dis- and discipleship on campuses, which is so exciting. We just happened to be chatting with him over breakfast and hearing all the things that he'd done with T4T and the discipleship. I mean, just amazing on the campuses. But what the Lord's really had him doing recently is, um, is in the marketplace and he, he's a, the co-founder of a very big um, digital platform uh, for um, an Asian digital platform that's just the biggest of its kind. Um, he was in the startup with YouTube and Twitter. and I mean, he, he's amazing when it comes to business. But le- learning what it is to work with the Lord, to listen to the voice of the Lord and how to be um, a minister in the marketplace and to be successful in business while worshipping and glorifying God and being led by the Lord. And he, he has started some of these major, major businesses as they've come as supernatural downloads from the Lord as he's just been uh, taking time to wait on the Lord. So I felt to, in, to invite him to come because he's coming to be in this region just to encourage our young entrepreneurs and businesses. And uh, I really think you're going to be so significantly encouraged. So that is the week after Wesley and Stacey. And he also will be with us Friday and Sunday because I really want him uh, to encourage you. He's also a rapper who's done like 15, he sold like 15 million copies of a song that he did with Bruno Mars. And uh, just like, what he has done in his life is extra- extraordinary, but he is so passionate for the Lord and um, amazing, amazing young man. So you will be very, very encouraged. So next two weeks, you don't want to miss Friday and Sunday. Seriously going to be good. Amen. Oh, I love you. There's no place like home. <laughs> so, so good to be home. And, uh, and I am... Um, just looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. We are entering into a season of divine acceleration. I was, um, I was prophesying and um, James Gall got up and was prophesying alongside me. Very much the same words that I, I'm hearing, James is hearing, Stacey's hearing. We bring all the pieces together and we go, wow, this is amazing. We must have the same God. <laughs> and uh, hearing the voice of the Lord. And... Uh, we found through the Australian Council and the American Council and globally, three of the key words that we're really hearing the Lord speaking about this coming year are family, acceleration, and the fear of the Lord. It's very amazing. It's wonderful. But I, I really believe that uh, I want, I've got a word for you that I, w- I want to encourage you because we want to be aware of what the Lord's doing, but we also want to be cooperating with him uh, to prepare for what is coming because we are living in the days where the uh, reapers are overtaking the sowers and it's it's so 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 exciting and uh, but we want to be ready amen so I've been I shared a word on Friday night who was here Friday give me a wave hallelujah and, um, and this morning that I've really been feeling the Lord speaking to us and as I was praying uh, I really felt the Lord just wants me to stay on that for a little bit and share a little bit more with you about that. And I've called it the kindness key. That I really believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to speak to us and show us a key 
to what's going to see this harvest come in in such wonderful ways. If you want to turn with me, um, I started on Friday. I'm just going to recap a little bit of what I shared on Friday to, to catch up those of you who haven't been able to hear it yet. 1 Kings 19. This is a really interesting story. It's the story of Elijah. Now, Elijah had a really busy week. In fact, he had a really busy couple of days. He went and he raised a boy from the dead. Um, He then challenged the prophets of Baal. And then at sundown had this big showdown where whose God is God answers by fire. If God's God, serve him. If Baal's Baal, serve him. And and we know the story, if you've read it, it's so exciting how he even pours water all over the sacrifice and, and the fire of God comes and licks up the water in the trench and, and consumes everything. And, and the people of Israel are like, wow, wow, God's amazing, we remember. And, and then he goes and he kills all the prophets of Baal. Now, if you look at this, the text, this all happened at nighttime. It began in the evening. And this wouldn't have been a... a 15-minute process, these Baal worshippers, they worked hard for a very long time trying to get their God to answer by fire. They were cutting themselves. They were doing all sorts of things. Well, meanwhile, Elijah was there mocking them, saying, well, maybe he's busy. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's gone to the toilet, he says. I mean, he actually says it. It's in the scripture. He's gone to relieve himself, maybe. And, and they are working hard to try and get fire to come down. And it doesn't happen. And then Elijah calls down fire. And, and uh, it's this glorious, magnificent victory. Then uh, the next day, and it's obviously the next day because um, you can, as you read it, he keeps sending his servant out to go and have a look at the sky. Elijah begins to put his head between his knees and he's interceding for the drought to break. And seven times he sends his servant to go, go and look. Tell me if there's any clouds in the sky. So he's, he's interceding and the servant comes back. No, nothing. No, nothing. Keeps interceding. No, nothing. Seventh time he comes back. There's a cloud the size of a man's hand rising. And Elijah goes, yep, that's it. Then he, he sends word to Ahab. He says, get ready. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And then he gathers up all his tunic and he runs faster than the chariot. Supernatural. <laughs> and overtakes the chariot. It's a big day. <laughs> then, um, then he hears that Jezebel's really angry. And she sent a message saying, I'm going to kill you. And strangely enough, Elijah, who's just seen all these amazing breakthroughs, amazing miracles, falls into a deep depression. And he comes to the place where he says, "In um, I read it here from 1 Kings 19, verse 2. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey. So he's fled, then left his servant there, then gone another day's journey 
into the wilderness and he came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father's. It's really strange. This mighty man of God just suddenly crashes in a heap. But I love the way the father deals with him. It's so, so beautiful. So he's there. I just want to die. And so he lies down and then he goes to sleep. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. It's an amazing story. Elijah goes to sleep. He has a good sleep. Then an angel comes, wakes him up. Can you imagine? I've, I've just been saying, I've, I've got a, a cake I've just cooked you. Come on, just eat this cake and have some food, have a drink. A messenger from heaven has come. Elijah is in the depths of despair and God sends food. You might imagine that the messenger would say, some strategy or something to do or like a rebuke or something. But the messenger from heaven has arrived. God sends the angel to give him something to eat, give him something to drink. You know, sometimes when you've been going really hard, you actually need some physical sleep and some physical food. You need to look after yourself. I don't know about you, but things are tougher to deal with when I am not getting enough sleep. When I'm not actually physically okay, everything else is a little bit harder. Is anybody else in the room like that? God cares about everything. And he loves us so much that he doesn't treat us the way we might expect. God is love. And love is kind. You see, so God comes and he, he lets him have a, have, have a good sleep, gives him some food, gives him some water, lets him have another good sleep, gives him some more food, some more water. And then Elijah's got enough strength to go and come into a place where he can hear the next steps. No, God wants to encourage you and he wants to comfort you. But this is how he deals with us. When we think that he's going to tell us what we're doing wrong and what we should be doing, instead of all the you should, you should, you should, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, he comes and he comforts us. I was saying on Friday that uh, last week I was jet lagging and I don't normally struggle with jet lag, but for some reason I really had trouble this time. And I was waking up two and three in the morning every day. And like, that doesn't work for me. I get my best sleep between three and seven, you know. 
But here I am wide awake every morning at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning and, I, and then I'd be awake for hours. and Oh, so frustrating. But by about the third night, I thought I'm not going to lie here for another two hours like I've done every other night. I'm going to get up. If I'm going to be awake, let's make the most of it. Come on, God, talk to me. So I got up. I went and I put my headphones on, put some worship on, talked to the Lord for a minute. Then I just focused on him, began to worship him. And all of a sudden I had a vision of a big angel hovering right over me. It was so amazing. And as, he, as I was looking at this angel, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I've given an angel charge over, to you, over you to protect you. And I was so stunned. I mean, I, my attitude was not good. I had been having a whole lot of mental battles. I was tired. I was frustrated. I was dealing with you know, ang- anxious thoughts that were bubbling away in the background. And, and I wasn't in like a spiritually brilliant place. And instead of God coming and saying, well, you shouldn't be worrying about that. And you shouldn't be thinking about that. And you should be, you know, should, 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 shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't. He comes and says, let me just show you. I've assigned angels to protect you. But that stare has stuck with me ever since. Every time I'm tempted to feel anxious, I remember. That's very nice, God. The scripture tells us that he cares for us. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. And he also says that the goodness and kindness of God leads us to repentance. Sometimes when you're in a state where you're tired, you're weary, you're, you're stressed out, you're anxious. And you're like, come on, God, speak to me. What you actually need is you need his comfort. You need his physical strengthening. You need his spiritual strengthening. You need his comfort because he knows that when you come into a place of rest, when you're at rest in his love, then you can hear his voice clearly. And God knows exactly how to love us just the way we need it. Amen. I love the way that the Lord deals with us because as we begin to learn how to receive his love like that, then we can learn how to love other people. I, I was saying I've got two, um, two daughters and a son. They're so beautiful. But living with girls, I have learned, and my husband has learned, he is a wise man. He is a wise, having been married to me 26 years, he has learned a thing or two. And he has learned... That when a woman is upset, anxious, stressed, it is not the time to try and give them an instruction on why they shouldn't be upset or anxious or stressed or wound up. Women, am am I right? Yeah. Really bad idea. You might think you're helping, guys. You're not helping. The very best thing. That a man can do when a woman is all upset is to come around and be comforting and kind and help them. I watch Tom do it. When I get, when I'm really busy and something goes wrong, and, and, and instead of him bringing correction about my attitude, he'll just be looking for a way that he can relieve some of the pressure because he knows as soon as the pressure comes off, I'll immediately go, oh, I'm really sorry, I was cranky. 
God also knows that the best way to give us instruction to help us is not to tell us what we're doing wrong in the middle of what we're doing wrong, but instead to show us his kindness, to show us his love so that we come back into a place of rest so that we can then hear clearly. Hallelujah. And when we understand that God deals with us that way, we'll learn to deal with other people that way. When someone comes at us with an attitude, instead of trying to bring a correction and tell them that's not very Christian, you should behave like this, you shouldn't do that, you should do this, which never seems to really work. When you demonstrate mercy, kindness, love, then they can be in a place where they can start to hear clearly. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, I'm preaching good. Shakaba. In my reading today, I was looking at 2 Samuel uh, 17. It's really interesting. It says here, it's, this is a story of when David's having a really bad day. David's actually been kicked out of town by his own son, who he's loved and covered for, and his son's turned on him, and Absalom's taken over. And David's had to leave the city. And all these people, it's a bad day. And it says here in verse 27, Now it happened when David had come to Manahem that Shobi the son of Nahash from Rabbah of the people of Ammon, Micah the, the son of Amiel from Lodabar, and Barzillai the Gileadite from Rogalem brought beds and basins, earthen vessels and wheat barley and flour, parched grain and beans, lentils and parched seeds, honey and curds, sheep and cheese for the herd and uh, of the herd for David and for the people who were with him to eat. For they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. I read this this morning and I was so amazed. Here they are, really bad day. And God sets up these people to bring beds food, things to drink. You know, God understands that we actually do live in a mortal body and that we need to look after ourselves. And after they'd had some sleep, after they'd had some food, the next day they went on to have a victory. God cares about us. He cares about us. And he understands just as physically we need rest, we need food, we need refreshing. He also wants to make us lie down in green pastures. He wants to restore our soul. When you're in a state, he wants to do what needs to be done to help you come back into a place of rest. When I know, I know my deep need calls out to the deep kindness of his love, as it says in Psalm 42 of the Passion Translation. My deep need is calling out for the kindness of his love to wash over me, to crash over me. And I know that as I allow him to love on me, he makes a roadway in the wilderness for me. When I'm feeling distressed or disquieted in my soul, instead of just trying to figure out what's going on and look for something else externally to try and make me feel better, I know I have to come back to what does my spirit want. Oh, my deep needs crying out to the deep kindness of his love. My spirit's crying out to be comforted by the Father, to be comforted by the Spirit of God. And so I, I know too that the, if I'm lost in the wilderness, I need a GPS. 
And my GPS, the way of turning on the GPS for me is to open my mouth and start praying in the spirit. Because he knows what I don't know. GPS, have you ever used a GPS? They know what you don't know. They know where to go. The Holy Spirit knows exactly where you need to go, what next steps need to be happening. He knows what's going on around you spiritually. And he knows how to help you. So you need to open your mouth and start activating your spiritual GPS. Hallelujah. And let the Holy Spirit pray through you about what you don't even know you need. But then after I turn the GPS on and I start praying in the spirit, I get down on the ground and I let the Holy Spirit start to come and refresh my soul. I let him come and undo the knots. And I talk to him and I I seek his face knowing that he delights to make his face shine on me. He comes to want to bless me, to help me, to refresh me, to encourage me. And he comes and he restores my soul. I put on some worship music and I just let him love me. Let him restore my soul. And, uh, and then, then I start to hear the voice of the Lord. Then when I read the Bible, when I'm, uh, when I'm seeking him, I hear more clearly because I'm not struggling to get something. I've come back into a place of rest where I'm leaning on his breast and I begin to hear the initiatives of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Proverbs 12.25 says this, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. This is who God is. This is what he does. He loves to speak words of kindness. He loves to speak to us kindly. But, you know, just as God sent these people to come and bless David and the troops and all the people with beds and food and honey and cheese hallelujah <laughs> god oftentimes in the middle of your wilderness will call you to go and refresh someone else and an, uh, you can, it might just be a kind word it might be a little gift it might be Just something that you do that brings a word of encouragement. You know, you don't know what impact it can have on somebody else. You could walk into church every week and instead of coming with an attitude of, I hope they've got something to help me, instead think, Lord, who can I bless today? Who can I encourage today? How can I refresh someone else? Because Proverbs 11.25 says this, A generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. If you're thinking, I need some refreshing, I need refreshing, one of the best ways to activate refreshing in your life is to start refreshing someone else, to start looking for a way to let this kindness begin to flow. As you are receiving from the Father, God wants you to freely give because as you give, more will be given to you and you begin to activate the flow of heaven. Hallelujah. God's looking for people who'll bring a kind word to cheer up an anxious heart. You, you might think to yourself, oh, well, that was a great word Sarah brought the other day. Or, or that was, uh, you know, I saw that person the other day. Just the, I love the way they do that. You might think it to yourself, but why don't you go and tell them? If you go and tell somebody, encourage somebody, or speak a word of kindness, you, you can't 
you can't underestimate how much impact you might have on that heart today. You know, there are some people who go through their whole week and nobody encourages them, nobody loves on them, and they look forward to Sunday when they're going to run into some of you. Why would you withhold when you can freely give? The more you give, the more you receive. God's looking for us to be known by our love for each other. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's long-suffering. It keeps no record of wrongs. Instead of running into Christians who want to tell them what they should and shouldn't do, what had happened if they keep running into people who just extravagantly manifest the kindness and the goodness of God? What it does is it makes them want to come closer and come closer and come closer until they come into a place of rest where they can start to hear what the next steps are. You see, after Elijah had had some sleep and had some food and been ministered to by an angel from God, then he went and he, he for 40 days he, was, he went to the mountain Mount Horeb, and the Lord began to speak to him, and he gave him the next steps forward. Instead of worrying about what the next steps are, let the Lord comfort you, because when you come into a place where he started to refresh you and comfort you, then you'll come into the, next, the place where you can start to hear the next steps. When you've come into a place where you've let the Lord just begin to refresh you, minister to you, then you can then hear clearly and and. Start to think again outside of survival mode and back into thriving mode. Now, you weren't created to be dwelling on anxious thoughts. You weren't created to be continually living in a mental battle. You were created to be thinking happy thoughts, things that are pure and lovely and of a good report. Hallelujah. He doesn't want you weighed down. He wants you to cast your cares on him. He says, don't be anxious about anything but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make your request be known to god colossians 3 he says set your mind and keep them set on things above you were created to think creatively with heaven but the enemy is working hard to try and intimidate you threaten you bring fear into your life. This is what Jezebel was doing in sending that message. She was trying to instill fear. She was trying to to bring discouragement. But that spiritual warfare goes on in our lives all the time. Let us strength, power to outrun any enemy. And I believe this is a prophetic word for us because I can feel the invitation into magnificent supernatural acceleration. That God is enlarging our territory. That he is causing us to uh, reach out and to broaden the place of our dwelling. That he's enlarging our influence. That he's enlarging our capacity. He is, he is going to, we're going to see harvest like we've never seen before. And that's going to take supernatural energy. So God wants you to learn how to get it. 
how to take it. Hallelujah. He's looking for you to take time to let him do this. You know, you're not smarter than God. God says, one day in seven, just let me refresh you, strengthen you, have some rest. Love yourself well too, because if you're supposed to love others like you love yourself, some of you aren't doing a very good job. Let God love you. Take care of your own body, your own temple. Do some exercise. Have some sleep. Eat some food. Hallelujah. Mama loves you. And let the Holy Spirit comfort you, strengthen you, remind you what you look like. Get around people who are going to, to come and refresh you and go and refresh somebody else and start living like you were made to live. Hallelujah. Because the Lord is about to release us into a whole new era. I hear the Holy Spirit speak yet. This is going to be so glorious. So get ready and be prepared so that you don't end up burning out in this season of supernatural speed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's an invitation into this. Supernatural acceleration. Oh, I feel it so strongly. But in your saying yes, Remember that you need God more than you've ever needed him and that he wants to help you more than you've ever received help. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you. Lord, I just pray that you'd refresh and encourage your people today.